Welcome to the SPS Digital Learning Hour, brought to you by the Digital Learning and Assessment Department. We're coming to you today from a conference room in Central Office, bringing you the latest news in Springfield Public Schools in regards to technology, along with inspiring interviews from teachers who are using technology in the classroom. I'm your host, Mike Thomas, the Bearded Tech Ed Guy. You can find me out on all the socials at Bearded Tech Ed, or you can go to my website, beardedtechedguy.com, or if you are in Springfield Public Schools, you can go to the My SPS page and access the We Learn tab on the left-hand side, and you will find blog and other things that we are working on in our department. I'm excited to bring you today's interview with Allison Santer, and I can't wait to get to it, but first, we just have a couple of announcements. So if you missed some of the announcements that have been pushed out by the district, there's been a lot lately. Uh, one of them is all about Portrait of a Graduate. As we are thinking about the next step and the future evolution of education in Springfield, Portrait of a Graduate is a big part of it. And we're looking for teachers and community members who want to be a part of developing a vision for the future for our students and what we want them to look like when they leave Springfield Public Schools. What skills do they need? What things should be um, expected of them? And all of that. So, if you're interested in joining those thinking groups and trying to get out the planning, I encourage you to check your messages and sign up. If you missed our latest blog post, it was all about Skype in the classroom and how that's actually going away. We're a little sad about that, but they have made so many improvements to Flipgrid and Teams that you'll be able to do it all within there. So check out the blog post for information on that. Some upcoming blog posts, we're gonna just be discussing badges, um, using templates, STEM reads, awesome program, and Schoology portfolios and what that could look like for you in your classroom. Be on the lookout for those. We also have a lot of great interviews coming up. And of course, we're going to try to finish the digital learning handbook before the end of the year in the episodes, but I have a feeling that that is not going to happen. And so you'll be seeing some of those episodes out over the summer as we prepare for the next school year. That's it. That's all we have for announcements today. Get ready to listen to an awesome interview with Allison Santer, tech coordinator from Milton Bradley, also third grade reading and writing teacher. One thing I will warn you about, I was in the midst of setting up back at the office recording. And so there was a little bit of recording issues from my voice. So some of the questions might seem a little odd. Um, I tried to cut them as well as I could so it didn't sound terrible from with my voice, but Allison shines like a star. And so check out this interview with her. Sure, um, so my name is Allison Santer. I am a third grade reading and writing teacher at Milton Bradley. I'm also one of the two tech coordinators for that building. And this will be my sixth year teaching. All of those years have been right here at Bradley. <laughs> awesome. So have you fluctuated between grades? Honestly, I have been in third grade reading and writing the whole time. I've had I've held the same position, a couple different classrooms, but <laughs> same subject. What were some of the things that you would do with technology? So we've been big on using OneNote this, you know, the whole time I've been here. Um, we do a lot of our writing 
online students type their pieces, um, you know, good practice for when they have to type on their ANATs and their MCAS and things like that. We used Padlet for a little while, allowing students to post on collaboration boards and, you know, grids. I think those were definitely, you know, the only things in the early years. Um, We are obviously using so much more now, but I think those are the three big ones when I first started out. Can you talk about how you guys are using OneNote in collaboration work, having students work together and then in their independent work? We use OneNote as a complete digital notebook. Um, So we're able to set up different subjects, kind of like you would an old school binder. And the students have their readings tab, they have their math tab, their writing tab, where they're able to go in and add, you know, their writing assignments for the day or the week. Um, You know, it's great that they're able to go back to it. Everything auto saves for them. So what they start today, they can finish tomorrow or even a week from now. And then on top of them having their own individual tabs in their notebooks, we're able to have what's called a collaboration space where, you know, we can post a document and all the students in my class are able to look at it and edit it. Um, We're also able to make teacher only sections where the students can see it and they can look back at, you know, models of good work and exemplars, but they're not able to edit them in any way and, you know, change them. So we definitely use that, you know, towards the end of a writing assignment, we post a really good example and have the students go and check, you know, look at this, this would have scored seven on the MCAS rubric. What, like, what do you think yours scores? How can you make yours look similar to this one and things like that? Awesome. Um, So when it comes to, because you said reading and writing, right? I did hear that correctly. Yep. Um, Even like in person, you could be able to do reading groups. Everyone has books. But now that we're currently in this remote hybrid type setting, how did you guys approach that time? Now for reading, we are, we're pretty big with Nearpods. Um, A lot of our reading lessons we start on a Nearpod and we're able to go through these digital slides together. Um, You know, the great thing about the Nearpod is as I'm controlling it on my computer, the kids at their home, the slides are moving at the same pace for them. So I can go through the assignments, go through my, you know, actual explicit teaching. And I know that they're looking at what they need to be looking at. I know they're on the correct slide and they see the anchor chart I've put in there, um, you know, or, when it gets to a question, I can set a timer. Like you have five minutes to answer this question. We're not just going to rush through it to get to the next one. With remote learning, we've moved reading a little bit more towards Nearpod, um, but we definitely do still use the OneNote for reading as well. Um, We're able to upload worksheets right on the OneNote and we've taught the kids how to make a text box and drag it over and type right over that work, Mm -hmm. just as if they were in school writing on it with a pencil. Um, you know, there's highlighter tools and pen tools where they can be going into reading stories and circling, you know, maybe confusing words. And then we work together to solve those words or they're highlighting their evidence to answer a question right on that digital worksheet that we've posted. How did your school approach it? Were you a tech coordinator at that time too, or? I was not the tech coordinator. No. So I started, um, I started as the summer tech coordinator and then moved into this year. So not the tech coordinator last year, um, but I definitely, definitely did help out, you know, with like rolling out those computers and getting them to students. So, you know, I think that was big for us was making sure everyone who needed a computer got a computer so that they were able to, 
you know, complete the work. I know three to five last year in March stuck with that one note. Um, you know, we, we didn't have Nearpod yet. We didn't even know about Nearpod. So we were definitely big on using that teacher only area to create the students weekly or daily to-do lists. And then they knew, you know, to go into their reading tab to find their reading work and then head to their math tab to find their math work. It was definitely very different last March than it was now. Um, you know, but I think everyone, everyone did their best and incorporated as much technology as they could. What are some things that you guys learned in like the March, April, May, June, and end of last school year that you applied to this school year? And what were some things that you tried that you were like, we're not going to do? I guess we can start with things we tried that we that we knew we weren't going to do. Um, last March, we did a lot of you know, like videotaping ourselves teaching. And then we sent those videos out to the students and kind of had them watching the videos on their own time at their own pace. And it definitely was not as engaging and as interactive as we would have liked it to be. Um, So now obviously we're doing 100% live teaching with the students. Like I said, that's why the Nearpods are great is because I know they are doing what they need to be doing. I know where they're at. And last year it was a lot of, um, you know, meeting with students and talking to them, like, which, what have you checked off your to-do list? What do you still need to do? What have you um, accomplished this week? So last year was very student-led. And I think, you know, that's what we needed at the time, but it was definitely not what we need right now. And it was not, not super beneficial. And I think last year we also kind of made the mistake of, jumping into too many platforms. And I think that might've been an issue everywhere, not just in Milton Bradley, not just in Springfield even, but so many of these companies offered free access to their websites or free access to their programs. And I think a lot of teachers just were like, oh, well, we have free access to this. Let's use it. And I think it became overwhelming for both students and families to be managing all these websites that they could be trying and all these usernames and passwords and things like that. So this year, definitely streamlining it with Schoology. You know, everything our students need is linked through their Schoology. They know how to get to where they need. They have one username and password because everything's run through the district. So I think that was definitely helpful. Yeah, I I do remember that time and just even from my position of trying to help facilitate and help not all the schools and everybody's trying different things all at the same time. And I just wanted to be like, wait, 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 you can learn about it. If it, if you think it'll work, give it a try, but try not to do too much. Mm -hmm. So I could definitely, I definitely saw that too. So. Um, So what have been some really awesome things that have happened this year? Um, Being in remotes, it's definitely not a normal school year. Um, So what are some of like the big highlights that you've had? Um, I think going into it, a lot of us were really afraid that we weren't going to build those positive relationships with students. And it would, you know, feel very isolating being alone and having your students be alone. Um, But, you know, I think a big thing for me has been, you know, how we've been able to build these relationships, even though I have not seen any of my students in person. I honestly don't know what they fully look like because I only see their faces on their screen. (laughs) You know, we've still created those relationships. I still know personal things about each and every one of my students. And, 
you know, they know about me as their teacher and my co-teachers and things like that. Um, so, you know, it is, it is possible to build those relationships, even though we are a hundred percent remote. Mm-hmm. I think it's also amazing just how much these kids are learning. You know, we might stress out that they're not doing well on their tests and they're not, you know, doing well on their ANETs and MCAS is coming and all of that is scary. But we also have to remember that these kids have learned so much technology that I don't think they otherwise would have learned. You know, my third graders are able to log into Zoom meetings all on their own and they're able to navigate all these different websites. You know, we've had to teach them things just like how to copy and paste and how to restart their computer because honestly, I don't think they knew that before. I think a lot of kids, we just press the power button and that's how it turns off. So, you know, they are learning so much about technology and they're learning so much, so many life skills that will help them as they're older and they're continuing to do things on the computer and getting jobs and things like that, so... Awesome. Those are some really great things. That's one common theme I've heard with doing interviews this year was the relationship building, while it's been different, has been deeper in many Mm -hmm. ways because you're getting more time with the students instead of also having to deal with other things going on in the classroom at the same time. Yeah. It's really neat. Um, So I can see because we're on Zoom, this podcast is not on Zoom. It's going to be audio only so they can't see it. I can see that you're in your classroom right now. Have you started to work through what hybrid learning is going to look like and what concurrent learning is going to look like for you? Yes. So as one of the two tech coordinators here, that has been one of our jobs is to try to figure out, you know, what what concurrent learning is going to look like. How is it going to work in our classrooms? Um, You know, it's definitely been a big task and I don't claim to know all the answers. You know, we have an idea of what we want to do in our classroom, but it'll obviously be very different in a few weeks when the kids are here. Um, You know, we at Milton Bradley, we recently got some new Promethean boards. So we're working through learning a new technology as adults on top of a new way of teaching. You know, the district provided us with webcams. So figuring out how we're going to set up those webcams you know, what's the best angle so the kids can see the teacher teaching, but then maybe also interact with their classmates that are in school as well. Um, We, I believe the district, we all received training from Better Lessons on concurrent learning. And one of the things that we took away from that was um, the use of the old Epson projectors um, that, you know, I know we had Mm -hmm. closets, we had to go find them. And we're going to be using them kind of in the back of our room, projecting onto an extra whiteboard or a sheet of butcher paper, just projecting those students that are at home on Zoom up onto the wall. So as we're teaching and as our students are in the room, you know, we can kind of look up and we can see the kids that are joining us from home. So Mm -hmm. that's making sure that we're not, you know, forgetting them. We're not excluding them in any way, they will be a part of our class, even though they are joining us virtually. Wow, that's a lot of things that you've been working through. Oh, yeah. The light just went off in your room. <laughs> that right. is something I will not miss. You know, when I'm sitting in here alone, the, the light shut off when the kids <laughs> are back. Hopefully that does not happen. Yeah, that happens here right now since I'm the only one in our area. Yeah. 
that's why it's only the literally just the one light behind us yeah um so with you teaching just the reading and writing part are you going to be moving classrooms is that part of what you guys have come to agree with for your concurrent learning because you're not teaching the same students all day in front of you correct so milton bradley is one of the schools that is departmentalized um you know, I only teach reading and writing. I have a teacher next door who teaches the math, science, and social studies blocks. In a normal year, the children would be the ones mm-hmm. transition from classroom to classroom, and they'd experience two classrooms and two completely different teachers. Um, this year, it will have to be the teachers that move so that we are keeping the children as safe as possible. So that's definitely going to be a brand new experience. You know, not only am I setting up my classroom and my way teaching reading but now I also need to think about what do I need to do in that second classroom so when it's time for me to go in there I'm prepared to teach reading from what would normally be considered a math classroom yeah I can imagine that having for the most part because it sounds like you'll be keeping a lot of your stuff on the computer that you're doing anyways yeah it'll be pretty straightforward with just making sure that cameras and projectors are set up in the right spot so all you have to do is come in plug in and then with the promethean you can just i love the promethean boards we got we got to preview them before the district decided to buy them yeah the fact that you can connect to it pretty easily you can log into it and actually access everything on the board itself which is pretty awesome too so yeah then in a normal school year, um, with the boards, you can have students project themselves, like what they're doing. So like, yep. you, I can see it, especially with writing, like if you guys want, if you want to have like, kind of like model what a conference would look, writing conference would look like, you can have a student project their writing up there, and then you and the student can interact so that the students can see so that they can do peer conferencing. Mm-hmm. So. so we're actually that screen sharing feature. We're pretty excited for it, even with remote learning. Um, you know, we're thinking about math classrooms, and we know in the past a teacher might put a math problem up on the board and ask a student to come solve it, and that might not necessarily be something that can happen with social distancing. But if the student has a draw it slide on their Nearpod, they're solving it right on their computer. The teacher could then screen share it to the front of the board and say, oh, this is how so-and-so solved their problem. And, you know, the student is still able to explain, you know, from their desk what they what strategies they used and things like that. So that's That's awesome. We are excited for. Yeah, that'll be something to definitely be looking forward to. And as you can see, all the lights just came on. So I mean, somebody (laughs) just walked through my area. So I don't want to keep you too much longer because it is around lunchtime. So I imagine that you have your break time during this too. So yes. <laughs> um, one of the most important questions that I always ask when I was teaching, I never did a great job of taking care of myself. Um, and I can imagine now even being remote that it's even more difficult to do. And it's also mm-hmm. even more important to do. Yeah. So what are some things that you are doing to take care of yourself during this time that we can help encourage other teachers to try? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So honestly, I kind of have to piggyback on your statement there. I feel like I'm not necessarily always the best with that self-care aspect. Um, you know, I do know when we first started remote teaching, when I was setting up my home office and things like that, something that was important to me 
is I wanted the space that I was going to work from to kind of be separate, something that I could walk away from at the end of the day and still kind of made that time between, you know, this is work and this is home. And I'm not, I constantly don't have my laptop sitting on the kitchen table and things like that. Um, you know, I was lucky enough. I have an, an extra room in my house that I was able to make into a little office. I know not everyone has that ability, but definitely, you know, finding a way where you can put away work when work is done, because when it's at home with us, it just, it kind of feels, you know, 3.30 turns into 4.30 and 5.30. And next thing you know, um, it's eight o'clock at night. Exactly. Work has gone a lot longer. Um, you know, as you pointed out, I, I am working in the building some days and I know we are all coming back very soon. So I'm hoping, you know, that will kind of create that separation. I know it's, it's not going to solve the, we still have so much work to do and we'll feel like we never have enough time. Um, but I think definitely we have to, you know, we have to hold ourselves accountable and say, today I am going to stop working at four o'clock. I'm going to stop at four 30, whatever, whatever it is, you know, unfortunately the work will still be there tomorrow. And I think we just, we've got to make sure that we are taking time for ourselves and taking time for our families and, you know, working all hours of the night doesn't make us any better of a teacher than, you know, managing our time. I agree. Definitely agree with that. So. All right. Well, thank you for your time. I know that we are in the middle of a Friday school day. So yeah. So enjoy the rest of your day. Enjoy setting up your classroom and figuring all of that out. I definitely do not envy you in that. Uh, (laughs) It's getting there. So, all right. Well, thank you. No problem. Thank you, Allison, for spending some of your Friday with me and discussing all things in teaching from early use of technology to things that you're doing now and things you're excited about. It's great to hear about the Promethean boards. I know I was very excited pre-COVID before we had to all go home where you couldn't really use the boards to their full effect. But now we can because we're back in, mostly back in person. And it's great to hear how you're how you took one note from what you were doing pre-COVID and was able to continue doing that even remotely. So thank you again for sharing. We're all big OneNote fans here in the office and we'd love to see more people using it. And for those of you who are not aware, it's easily embeddable into Schoology. So I just wanna thank you again for spending some time with me today. Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you love this episode, go out to wherever you listen to the episode and leave us a review, a rating. Make sure that of course you are subscribed and take that subscribe button and share it with people so you can help us continue to build the SPS Digital Learning Hour. By you doing that, it helps us move up charts. It helps us get found easier. And we are super excited to share all the awesome work that is happening in this district. We very much would appreciate it if you were to do these things. I'm all about the five stars because, well, who doesn't want to be a five-star person? Thank you again. I am Mike Thomas, the Bearded Tech Ed Guy, and this is the SBS Digital Learning Hour.
The SPS Digital Learning Hour is written, directed, produced, sound edited, all by Mike Thomas from DLA at Springfield Public Schools. The music that you are hearing is Risen. You can find them out on SoundCloud. Check the show notes for more information.